Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
said, and I'll never forget it, he said, if you wait until everything's perfect, you'll never get to pray. Because there's always something out there. There's always something going on. There's always some principality. There's always some power, some demonic entity that's warring against the saints of God. But we have overcome them by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, by not loving our lives unto death. Being ready in season and out of season means that we stand ready. We stand as ambassadors. We stand in the place of authority given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Always ready. Our place is always before him, always at his side. Regardless of what it looks like around you in the spiritual realm, we are seated with Christ Jesus. Regardless of how you may feel at any particular moment, you're saved. Regardless of how you feel at any particular moment, you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Regardless of how you feel at any particular moment, you are considered a son of God, son and daughter of God. Fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, as it says in Ephesians. Convince, it says, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure a sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Um, so, let me say something about that. Um, we're not always known on um, this prayer international radio broadcast for being politically correct. Um, in the end, our judge is the Lord Jesus Christ, whom we'll all stand in front of and give an account for our own actions and every word that's spoken. But I wanted to say with all honesty and all sincerity... In Christ, that the Word of God is the Word of God. Um, it's all or nothing. You can't take a piece of it and make an entire doctrine on it, just like you can't remove a piece of it and still have anything. And, and you know, the Bible says that um, it, things don't always start out of a sin. People are drawn away by their own desires and enticed, and then and there's temptation, and and then there's this process that leads up to sin, and then the end result is death. And so what happens is we begin in society in general. We see an action that's um, appalling and that we know in our spirits is wrong. And we war and we fight against it, standing in righteousness for the truth of the gospel. And for the um, righteousness of the Lord, wanting it in our societies and in our lives and in our families. And then we'll see an action by someone that we know isn't right. We know it's not godly. And But sooner or later what will happen is we'll get to the point where we become so numb to it that we just accept that that's the way they are. That's what they believe, and we believe something different, and we just let it slide like that. And then pretty soon, we turn away from believing it's wrong, whatever the action is, and we begin to have a, a mindset of that it's okay. And we get to the point sometimes as far as condoning it for people. And, you know, what the Bible says, the Bible says, um, I'm not God. He wrote it. I did. And if you have a problem with what the scripture says, and you can take it up with him. If you can't reach him between now and then, you'll have a chance to sooner or later. Um, and I don't have to go into specifics, but, I mean, everything from murder to homosexuality, whatever it is, you know, if you don't know what the Bible says about something, then search the scripture and find out, about, find out what it says about it. 
you know, um, I almost get really sick and tired of hearing the constant constant fighting and bickering and endless debates and seeing people with the best intentions trying to stand up for the Lord on a street corner, claiming and speaking on their behalf that God hates whoever and whoever and ever. You know, God does hate sin. And um, there are once a few, few, few rare times that in the scripture where it uses terminology about God hating people or hating a certain person. But the Bible says he's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And he said, the Bible says that we're supposed to come to people in a spirit of love and in gentleness. Um, as it says, um, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching, not with condemnation, because, you know, Jesus didn't come to condemn but to save. And we, too, while we stand for righteousness, we need to come in the spirit of the Lord. Because even when the Lord was um, talking to people, he talked to them like little children, and while he would correct people, he was never judgmental. To the people in, in in itself He was judgmental on sin But not to the people Because he knew Let me rephrase that and I'll, Or I'll just leave it at that um, So when people stand up on street corners Saying God hates this, God hates that You should go to hell or whatever You know, it really bothers me Because the last thing that does Is display the character of the cross And the character of the Lord Jesus Christ and more importantly than that is the Lord doesn't really need anybody to defend him. He has defended himself quite well since the beginning of time. And so we'll just leave it at that. It says in um, verse 6, For I am ready, already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. Of, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. You know, there's been times in my Christian walk um, where things may not have always been going perfectly, where my walk with the Lord wasn't always perfect. And I always thought in the back of my head, um, you know, just got to get there. Just got to trust in Him. Someday I'm going to be with Him. Even though, but the Bible says now that we're more in conquerors through him that loves us. Though at many times we have to learn to walk in the scriptures. We have to learn to walk in the truth of the gospel. Um, but it reminds me that I heard someone say once a long, long time ago. There was a man that said, even if the Lord were to cast me down into hell, I would still praise him. Because he's worthy of praise. He's worthy of glory. He's worthy of honor. But Paul is saying, my time is coming. My time is coming. You know, I had um, a friend, one of the most anointed worship um, leaders I have ever met, named Brian Cliff, who passed away recently. Um, he was a man that just exuded the that's the right word, the presence of the Lord. Um, the intimacy and relationship he had with the Lord, which just came flowing out of his music. And it wasn't him singing and worshiping just because he had to, because it was a job. It was. It came, like Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the day he died, um, I heard that from a friend, and I'm assuming it's true, that he actually knew that it was about that time. He had all his friends gathered around him. They were, I think, in his living room or somewhere worshiping the Lord when the Lord came and took him. And Paul's saying, the time of my departure is at hand. He knows the end is not far off. And he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Just like um, my friend Brian could easily have said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And then the end, the response
response to that from the Lord Jesus would be, Well done, good and faithful servant, enter in into the joy of your Lord. It says in verse 8, Finally there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but to all who have loved his appearing. You know, the Lord Jesus has appeared. He's no longer hanging upon a cross. He's um, something someone had said once, um, however you decide to take this, is that he he was this um, pastor was making a comment on Christmas, and he said, far too often people begin to worship a baby in a manger, but Jesus in the manger can't save you from your sins. And they'll look at a crucifix and they'll think of the Lord Jesus on the cross. But the Lord Jesus on the cross can't save you from your sins. It's only the resurrected Lord who offered his own blood before the altar, the most holy of holy in heaven, before the Father, before the throne of God, who was triumphant over death, hell, and the grave, who took the keys from the enemy, proclaimed freedom and victory and salvation for all and whoever would believe in him. It's that Lord Jesus that has the power and the ability and the desire to free you from your sins, from your bondages, to give you eternal life. It's that Lord Jesus who's still alive and well, who sits at the right hand of the Father, Constantly making intercession for us He's the victorious king You know um, Sometimes You've got to Cast off The despair You've got to cast off um, The doubt And when things are not going the way you necessarily want him, you got to stand up and praise him for who he is. Realize that he is the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world, who is victorious over all things in your life. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor length, nor width, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God. No matter how far you go, no matter what you try, no matter what you've done, nothing can separate you from the love of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love that he has for you. Whether you believe it or not, it's true. And he wants you to know it's true. And he wants you to accept his truth. And he wants you to open your arms to him and let him love you. Just let him love you. There's a song I played a couple nights ago, um, Jacob's Dream by Jason Upton. And in the song, he said, um, is um, talking about the Lord himself having a dream of and wanting people to have the same dream of relationship and intimacy with him. Not about crowds, not about works. You know, it says in Ephesians, by grace you are saved through faith. Um, not of works, lest any man should boast. It says we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand, works that he's accomplished, works that he has completed in our life. I mean, when Jesus was on the cross, he said, it's done. That's it. It's done. Everything's done. It says he has forever perfected those who are being sanctified. You are already considered perfect in the eyes of the Father. There's nothing else that you can do to gain any more approval than what you already have because you are already at the highest level of approval to the Lord. Already standing in white, clothed in white, which is a symbol of holiness and purity. You know, the Lord sees you, the Father sees you, and he sees you as spotless. 
no blemishes, no stains, because you've been cleansed by the Lord Jesus Christ. Your sins have been forgiven. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you can. You can have your sins forgiven. All it takes is coming to him, saying, Lord Jesus, I accept you into my life. I believe that you died for me. Believe that you rose from the dead. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Trusting, accepting, believing. Letting him have his way. Letting him prove himself to you. And when I say that, I don't mean that you have to really put him to the test. You just got to trust him and watch what happens. You know, it's like praying for people. Um, you don't always think in your mind um, or have a clear-cut image that you're going to pray for someone and you just don't always visualize that everything's perfect. You're, you're praying and you're trusting on the Word of God. But, you know, sometimes you're praying for someone in this situation, for the most part, seems absolutely hopeless. But it's not the situation that you're looking at. You're looking at the truth of the gospel and the truth of the word of God, which says, by his stripes where you're healed. You're looking at the Lord Jesus Christ, keeping your eyes always focused upon him, trusting the Holy Spirit. Because your only job is to pray for them. Your only job is to lay hands on the sick, and Jesus lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. What happens after you lay hands on the sick is <laughs> his you're into the bargain is to lay hands on the sick to pray for the sick. His end of the bargain is to actually heal them. So regardless of what um, appearances look like, you've got to trust the Lord. You've got to believe him. The Bible says that the work that he has started in you, he will complete until the day of Christ. This is Prayer International Radio. We're going to take a really quick break, and we'll be back in just a few minutes.
having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, to the praise of his glory. And here's the prayer for all you listening out there. Therefore, I also, after hearing of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places? far above all principality and power, and might and dominion, in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You know, we, um, me and Chris, um, who was on last night, we have a radio ministry here. Um, but so do you. Not necessarily have a radio ministry, but you all have a ministry. Um, and it's our desire that the Lord Jesus would multiply you to multiply the anointing, multiply the provision, multiply the finances in your life, multiply the blessings and the healings in your life, that you would be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. Like I said, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would have insight and revelation and discernment into the things of God. The Bible says that no one knows the heart of a man except for the spirit of the man. And no one knows the heart and mind of the Father except for the spirit of the Father who dwells in us and dwells among us, who is given to us to reveal to us deep things of the Father. He, the Holy Spirit searches the things of the Father and declares them unto us, declares to us the heart of the Father. And that, it's our one of our biggest desires that you would experience God in a new way. You know, it's a new year. It's time to experience the Lord in a new way. It's time for an increase in your life. You know, there's a, I hear a lot about increases and 
increase this and prosper in this, but the Bible says that you may prosper even as your soul prospers. And I'm praying that the Lord would increase your desire for him, the Lord would increase your intimacy with him, the burning passion you have for his word, that you would fall in love with the word of the Father, that it would be on your mind day and night that he would increase your ministry and intercession for you have a ministry interceding on behalf of the nations in front of the Father. But most of all, that you would see him in a new way, in a deeper way, in a closer way. He said, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. You know, before the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, only one man could go before the Father into his presence once a year behind a veil. But while Jesus was on the cross, the veil of that temple was torn in two, making a way, declaring that there was no longer a barrier, no longer an obstacle, no longer a need to send one man in there because you can go in. The way has been opened for you to go before the Father, to stand before him without fear, without shame, having been clothed in the blood of the Lamb. And you can stand before the Father. You can go into him and say, Abba, Father, crying out to him. And go into those deep places of the Lord. But you have to be thirsty for it. You have to want it. You have to want his presence. More than anything else, you have to desire him. The Bible says that he is our exceeding great reward. Not just the knowledge of him, but him. His presence. It says in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. It's Jesus who fills it all in all. True fulfillment, true joy only comes in the presence of the Father. And so I'm praying that every day of this year, you will find yourself in the presence of the Father, whether you're at home in your prayer closet or whether you're sitting at Starbucks or whether you're in the car with your family, wherever you're at, that you would be always mindful of the presence of the Father, that you would always be mindful of his voice, that, Father, that you would increase their ability to hear your voice. Father, increase their discernment, Lord, to hear your voice. That still small voice that calls out, Father. Increase their ability to hear your voice tonight, Lord. Take them to new places, Father. Take them to new places, new revelations, new visions, new dreams, Father. In the day, on their beds, Lord, that you will begin speaking to them the mysteries and wonders of your plans and purposes for us, Father. Give them a new perspective, higher perspective. Let them see the earth as you see it. Let them see the people as you see them, Father. Let them see themselves as you see them, Father. Change their eyes. Give them the eyes of Jesus, Father. Open their ears, Lord. Everything changes when you enter into the presence of the Father. And all who are thirsty And all who are weak Come to the fountain if you are
Oh 
Lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 